Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. Today is August the 9th in the year 2020, and my name's Kurt Wilson. I'm the Armchair Survivalist. Welcome to the show. If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com and scroll down, doesn't matter what page you go on to. I'm tell you different ways you can listen to me. Obviously, you you know how to, at least one way to listen to me. You're doing so right now. But you scroll down, and it says ways to listen. The safest way to listen to me, the easiest way, is get one of these these apps. It's a Stitcher, Anchor, TuneIn, uh, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, you name it. I'm on every podcast venue that you can find, and I'm on YouTube. And just so you know, the first thing I do after my show, I upload it to Anchor. Anchor is a, is a uh, website, it's anchor.fm, and they're basically my internet engineer, and they upload it to every other uh, po- uh, podcast venue there is okay so if, if you uh, if you have a smartphone go to my page find one of these these apps that you like a lot of people like stitcher i i don't know i don't care uh and spotify and i mean there's all these different ones i don't use any of them i just i just post to them or you can listen on satellite global star three satellite on my website if you scroll down again you know ways to listen there's this little uh satellite dish that's swinging back and forth and there's a 24 7 live feed there for global star three if you want to listen to that uh you can listen in the chat room and you go to armchairsurvivalist.com slash chat dot html or at the top of the page there'll be a link that says chat room you can listen on your phone it's not toll-free, so it's your dime. Area code 641-741-0371. That's 641-741-0371. Any of you have ideas of where else I can post, where else I can go to, to be listened to more, just let me know. Now, if you miss the show, and like let's say it's Monday, and you go, oh, you know what? I got my day screwed up. I missed Kurt's show. And it's so important that I hear Kurt's show. Well, at the top of the homepage, you will see a kind of a long rectangle box. Half of it's white, half of it's, I don't know, what is that? I can't call it blue. It's kind of aqua. I don't know. It says, listen 24 hours a day to the recent show of the Armchair Survivalist. Click here. Theoretically, that's supposed to work. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It seems my server is is acting strange now. But on the left-hand side of that page, or any page, you'll see the little white nipper dog listening to the RCA Victor gramophone. You click on that, and it'll take you to a page, the Armchair Survivalist Past Shows, and these are the past shows of, of the current year. And you will see the dates, 7-19-20, 7 and then after today's show, you'll see 8 Click on that, download the show, or whatever. You know, it's, it's, there's all kinds of different ways you can listen to me. I'm easy. A lot of a lot of people are listening to me now on YouTube. I don't know why. I have no video. It's just uh, me chattering. But uh, I guess they like YouTube, so it's 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 a thing. All right, let's so let's get this uh, some little biz, little bit of business out of the way for my company, Survival Enterprises, and that's at se1.us. Samuel Edwards, the numeral one, se1.us. The mini Sawyers are back. I just want to let everybody know the company shut down manufacturing. The, the Sawyer is world famous water purification filtering systems. They're used all over the world. There's hundreds of thousands of units all over the world because of what they do. We have the little mini one. It's uh, it's small hand size, but it, it, there's a lot to it. Okay, and, and we only sell them for twenty bucks. You can find them on our website. Just look under water. They filter out everything up to and including bacteria. And in the United States, that's pretty much all you're going to find in the water. 
virus, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, not in the United States. You're not going to find virus in the water, so you don't have to worry about it. Anyway, so these are in, and we got a small supply of our oregano oil back. It comes from Turkey. They stopped exporting in December of last year because of the uh, Kung flu, uh, the Wuhan virus. Well, they are now exporting, but it's uh, on a limited basis. So we just got a gross in. Half of those are gone already. And we haven't raised our price. And this is something that we're going to have to look at this year because we, we haven't raised our prices on our products for 20 years. I usually don't pay attention to any of that stuff. I just sell it. You know, if we make any money, we make any money. But right now, it's still 25 bucks, same as it's been for decades. Uh, and, and you'll find it on our website, se1.us. Okay, that's all pretty much all I got for the business. By the way, if you ever want to call us up and uh, ask us what's going on, area code 310. Now, yes, that's a Beverly Hills number, 310-295-9686. And we'll be happy to take your order, uh, explain whatever you, you need to get explained to you, help you out. That's what we're here for. Now we're going into the economy. This is kind of a weird thing. I, I, you know, Disney is a left-wing globalist company now, and it has been for a long time. They have no reality. They have no contact with reality. I mean, they never have. Walt Disney made sure of that. But they have movies now. They're going to be. They're going to be bringing out these these uh, movies. They're not going to be putting them at the theater because the, you know the pandemic doesn't allow people to go to the theater because heaven forbid somebody sneezes. So they're going to start streaming them on the internet. No, you'll pay for it. You know, it's just, it's, you'll pay for it. And what do you think you're going to pay for it? No, it's not going to be two ninety nine. It's not going to be five ninety nine. It's not going to be ten ninety nine. Now this is for a movie, a moving. They started this with Mulan. This is the remake of the cartoon into human type of uh, movie. They're going to charge thirty dollars for each person who wants to uh, download the, and watch this movie. You know, the idea is this. Oh, bring your family and friends in. Right. Bring your family and friends in. You're not supposed to have a lot of people around in one tight spot. But they say bring your family and friends in and and, uh, have everybody pitch in a few bucks. So they're going to charge $30 to stream Mulan. Okay, so that's that's uh, some rocket scientist there decided that that's that's what Disney needs to go to now. Millions of dollars of these, uh, these loans that the government gave out because of the pandemic and businesses were shutting down, millions of these dollars went to Chinese-owned companies in the United States. See, the United States is one of these stupid countries that allows foreigners to own not just property in the United States, but businesses. Not just normal businesses. They allow foreigners to own Oh, I don't know, like a Vista here in, in uh, North Idaho, which is an electronic, it, that supplies everyone with their power. It's a power company, and, and it's owned by a Canadian company, which is owned by George Soros. So millions of dollars of these loans. Now, these loans aren't real loans. They call them loans, and then they're going to forgive them. Chinese-owned companies. I have a link, and when you when you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, on the left-hand side, you'll see a, a, a link up there that says show notes. You click on the show notes, it'll take you to a page that lists in chronological order all the shows I've done for that current year. And a little, a little title, just a little short teaser. You click on that, 
And then it'll take you to the page where you can read all of the links that I talked about. And this is going to be on there. And it'll be on the on the uh, um, August 9th link. There's a couple of problems coming coming to fruition now in the United States. This is credit card defaults and lease, rent and lease defaults. This is not lightweight. Everything that I'll be talking to you about breaks records in history of the United States. Right now, credit card debt is higher than it's ever been in history. See, a lot of people are doing this. Well, I can't uh, I can't afford to, to uh, buy anything. I can't afford to buy food. I can't afford to buy gas. Uh, but but the uh, my uh, masters, the Democrats, tell me that uh, they're going to give us money, more money, you know, welfare and things like that. So I'll just use my credit card and I'll, and I'll pay it back when I when I get the, all of these all of this free money. Well, nobody ain't getting any free money right now. And these credit cards are due. We're talking in the trillions of dollars of debt. People are using their credit card. Credit card companies are canceling people right and left. They're keeping it real quiet now because they make money by you being in debt. But there's a fine line between being in debt and being near to bankruptcy. And they're trying to monitor that right now. The U.S. government, well, it's not the U.S. government, it's the Federal Reserve, printed more money last month than the United States printed in 200 years. Can you can you see that? They printed more money in one month than they printed in two centuries. And and then still, we have this hogwash, like you go into a, a store and they say, please use exact change, there's a change shortage. We all know that's BS. We have no problem with change here at Survival Enterprise. We got all kinds of change. We got too much change. Makes the damn cash register drawer too heavy. So I have to keep taking it out and putting in baggies. And putting it below the counter. This is this is just another one of the plans of the globalists to shut down the economy worldwide. They do not want you to have cash. They do not want you to have anything that you can go. Like, there's a gun show this weekend in Post Falls. People by the thousands go there and they buy, hey, I want that Winchester. And they give the guy green bills. Give him money. That's real cash. And walk out with it. They don't want that. They can't track that. So they're coming up with all kinds of crap. What communists believe, and that's what we have. We have two parties in the United States. We have conservatives and we have communists. What communists believe is that to rebuild society in a fair and functional manner, you have to first destroy it. And that's what they're doing now. And you can call them the deep state if you want, because they are. A study just released by the National Bureau of Economic Research, and this is being conservative. More than 100,000 U.S. businesses have already permanently shut down. Now, I'm not talking about Fred's Coffee Hut down the street. I'm talking about a chain of restaurants. You know, the little tiny franchise things. Over 100,000 of these, over 100,000 of these have have shut down. In New York alone, over 75,000 businesses are gone. They're not going to come back. The Federal Reserve is projecting that the U.S. gross product will shrink by about 43%. And that's starting next year. U.S. retail sales are down 16% uh, month to month. And that's an all-time record for a, a drop. Fact, here's another one that's bad. I got about 10 little things here. Factory output was down about 14% last month. And that is another bad number, highest in history. Okay, that was factory output. U.S. industrial production fell 11%. And another drop. 
that is the greatest drop in over 100 years. And they're playing games with unemployment benefits and unemployment filing and blah, 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 and all of this crap. The bottom line is that we have, you know, you have a population of about 350 plus million in the United States. Over 10% is uh, on unemployment. This is how they they judge uh, and get the unemployment numbers. How many people have filed for unemployment? How many people are on unemployment? All right, so they're they're claiming 10 million. But let me tell you something. I own my own business. I don't qualify for unemployment. If I go out of business, I'm out of bi- I'm I'm out of business. Right? I, I make no money, but I can't file for unemployment. So in reality, the Federal Reserve has come up with the real rate of unemployment in the U.S. and now that's about 31 percent. There's another 20 percent of people not working who don't qualify for unemployment. 40 percent of Americans with a household income of less than 40,000 a year have lost a job during this pandemic. And about 42% of those jobs are, they're gone. They're not going to come back. I know, I know personally two different companies here in town. And when I say company, I'm talking about father and two sons, right? One of them uh, cuts wood for people who build cabinets. I mean, that's what they do. They, they cut the wood for people who build cabinets. Well, they're closed. Nobody's building cabinets because nobody's doing construction. That kind of finished construction. Another one, the family has a uh, lawn care business. They shut it down. I got a, a man and his son that cut my lawn because I'm too damn lazy. And he's he's uh, they're barely making it. They've been in business 15 years, and he's barely making it. That's all he does. It's called a mow and blow. They cut your lawn, and then they take a, a, a leaf blower and clean it up. That's all they do. And they're... They're barely, barely making enough money to pay for gas and their their mortgage. The homeless population, and these are people who, they live in their car, they live on alongside the road somewhere. By the end of this year, which is not many months away, the population will have grown by 45%. I can tell you, us poor people who own property are going to get screwed next year. Especially if you're foolish enough to live in a in a uh, state that's controlled by a communist governor or a communist mayor, because what are they going to do? Well, they're not going to take a uh, they're not going to take a cut in their salary. <laughs> they're not going to reduce the the cost for them to live. So, to, to, because there's no sales tax coming in, because there's no business taxes coming in right now, they're going to have to get it from people who own property. So they're going to put a COVID tax out. And it could be double your tax rate for homeowners. I've already seen it up. I've already, we've already here in Coeur d'Alene got a hundred dollars a month or a year raise on our taxes for some hogwash like that. This is just going to be happening all over the United States. It's happening all over the world, but you know they can fare for themselves. It's what's reality is that in the United States we're all going to feel the pain one way or the other. This is how communism works, and this whole thing is based on the globalist vision of communist control. Communism is a word that was coined by some Jews uh, in the 1800s, and then they decided, these these Jews decided that everybody should uh, should suffer equally. So they brought communism everywhere. Every The Jews brought communism. That's They created the word, they created the, the concept of it, and they brought it all over the world. But the concept of communism, where everybody's a peon, they own nothing. They work for the greater good for each other. And there is a ruling class that stands well above 
all of the peons and controls what they do at the uh, muzzle of a gun or the tip of an arrow or the edge of a sword. You get the idea. So that philosophy has been around for thousands and thousands of years. It's just once the Jews invented the word communism and how to put it together, they then the Jews invented... Now, this sounds like I'm, I'm ragging on Jews. I am. Not all Jews, but these are the where this stuff came from. Then the Jews invented a philosophy for control, and it's called psychiatry. And using psychiatry and psychology, they can control people and have them do what they want to do. So now you have communism and you have psychiatry all over the world, mostly in the United States. People are totally controlled. And this is going to get worse and worse. And I every show I say this, yes, and it's just starting and it's going to get worse. And it's true, unfortunately. And it's going to keep doing this until we stand up on our hind legs and say no. And unfortunately, you have so many people, millions of people that have been brainwashed by the communist to believe in communism. But they don't call it communism. They call it progressiveness or liberalism or democracy or, you know, we can go on and on and on. Communism by any other name smells just as bad. And this is what we have to contend with in the United States. Have you guys noticed your uh, grocery prices going up? Have you? I have because I pay attention to it. Every Wednesday, the uh, local liberal rag, Coeur d'Alene Press, has food ads. So I'm looking at these food ads. Now, I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing. There's a thing called a lost leader. A lot of businesses do those. That is, you sell something below your cost just so people will come in. And then when they come in, well, you can, they'll see other things around there, and then uh, you can pretend that those things are on sale too. See, there's a scam they pull. And it's, it, I see it up here a lot. North Idaho, the RV company has a big ad on TV. It says, lowest prices ever. Lowest prices of the season. Car companies do the same crap. Can't deduct more than we have already. Lowest giveaway prices. And if you do any research, you'll notice, like, here's a car and they want uh, $29,000 for it. And they want $29,000 for it in January. In April, they have lowest sale of the season. Only twenty nine five. What? Yeah, believe it or not, people are stupid enough to fall for that. So they keep doing it. If you're stupid enough to fall for a scam... Well, they'll keep pulling that same scam over and over because people are stupid enough to fall for it. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. So, grocery prices are going up. There, you might see a little bit like tomatoes. Tomatoes, for the past couple years, Roma tomatoes, they'd go on sale at 99 cents a pound. Well, that's still more than it was a few years ago, but 99 cents a pound. And you go in, you look at these wheezing up little balls, tomatoes the size of a tennis ball, or half that size, and that at a dollar a pound. Right next to them, you see these big old beefsteak tomatoes at $3 a pound. And people go, oh, that's a better deal, and they'll buy those. That's that's why they get a lost leader in there, right? Okay. So I'm going in, and I'm seeing these lost leaders in some of these stores, and then I'm seeing the normal prices of day-to-day stuff that people buy, has gone up 10% in the past month. In the past month. Oh, and we talked about about cash, right, and change. Well, there's an article came up. Now, this is just one article. Bakery in England refused to sell bread to an old lady because she only had cash. She wanted a loaf of bread. But they would only sell it to her 
if she used her card, which she's never used in her whole life. She's 90 years old and never used a card, never had a card. She has cash, and they refuse to take it. Now, there's companies in the United States refusing to take cash. And if you're in an area where somebody's pulling that crap on you, you show your bill to them where it says, for all debts, private and public, and you demand they take it, or you'll call the police. This kind of crap is going on all over the United States. And why? And I, what have I said about crap? What have I said about crap? If you take crap, they're going to give you crap. If you allow crap to happen, they're going to keep giving you crap. Up here in North Idaho, first off, we had this commie governor, Governor Little, who decided that Idaho, Idaho needs to shut down. Idaho needs to shut down after two deaths in the whole state from the so-called COVID-19. So everybody shut down, except people like me who told them to go to hell. And then the economy went to hell. Then uh, a non-governmental agency up here in North Idaho decided they're going to mandate everybody wear masks. Well, the sheriff said, there's no way you can do that because there's no law. I can't enforce it. There's no law. They did it anyway. And all of the sheep said, okay, I'll take more crap, except I didn't. And neither did a lot of Republicans up here. You know... You can literally tell the difference between a Democrat and a Republican. Republicans walk around standing up proud. Democrats huddle with their heads down and their faces covered in in masks. I have people come in the store here and they go, So I'm sorry I can't hear you. You got some crap on your face. We don't allow masks in the store. Unless you're so psychotic and fearful that you have to wear the mask, then you go ahead and wear it. But we have an ionizer running at full at full steam in here it's the store smells like right after a lightning storm and if you're a six foot tall microbe and you walk in this store you're dead in 60 seconds so yeah we don't we don't uh, nobody has to wear a mask in here people are saying screw you when i'm not wearing a mask that is asinine and these these uh this non-governmental agency also said you know you need to wear a mask when you're in public or where you when you can't social distance yeah, this, this thing called social distancing came out of communist China. So guess who uses that word? Communist. Especially in the United States. We've got 38,000 pounds of hamburger has been recalled here. Now, obviously, I'm in under the category food and health. The hamburger, it, it, it's ground beef. I, I don't want ground beef, not really hamburger. I need to call it ground beef. 38,000 pounds. Now, this, this is a JBS Food. Uh, a Canadian company is recalling this hamburger. Now, uh, there's different things. I'll have a link to it. You can look at it and determine whether or not uh, it, that you uh, bought any of this stuff. But it usually comes in like five-pound chubs or something like that. And there's always there's a reason that food gets recalled. There's a reason that, that uh, food gets tainted or poisoned. And it has to do nearly 100% with the hygiene of the people who are handling the food, who are processing it, who are picking it, who are packaging it, who are shipping it, okay? So it's it has to do with the hygiene. And right now in the United States, the majority of agriculture processing individuals are Mexican or Muslim. And neither of those are famous for their hygiene. And another uh, recall had just been posted about onions, it comes from Thompson International, the California-based grower, packer, shipper, supplier. I, I've never he- seen a recall on onions before. 
these were shipped from May 1 to now, and they're in boxes or cartons, 5 to 50 pounds, and mesh sacks, 2 to 50 pounds. Thompson Premium, Thompson International, Tender Loving Care, El Competitor, Harley's Best, Onions 52, Majestic, Imperial Fresh, Kroger, Utah Onions, and Food Lion. And I think these are the ones that Costco carries. So you, if you buy onions en masse instead of just one or two, you might want to take a look at the, the name on it. I'll have the links up. You can go look and you can see exactly which uh, which place you, uh, that you've got to be careful about. Do you remember me talking about about uh, trucking companies? A major trucking uh, industry took a poll and majority of the owners of trucking companies have decided they're not going to be allowing their trucks to go into any cities that have defunded the police department. Because, number one, any city that's even contemplating that is controlled by a communist. And number two, any city that's contemplating that is uh, loaded with criminals. Massive criminality is occurring there, and they don't want to put their people in danger. Well, now a company has come out and said, we are not, and this is one of the largest shipping companies, we will not be going into cities pushing to defund police, not already have pushing to defund jkc trucking uh mike kusharski says trucks won't go to cities at all that are doing that there was a paper comes out uh, came out by rockefeller foundation now i told you the two major things that jews have brought to the united states was communism and psychiatry rockefeller foundation is the foundation that funded psychology and psychiatry to be brought into the United States. They created a foundation to teach school teachers about psychiatry. In other words, they want they wanted school teachers to be able to control the children to guide them to the beliefs that they wanted them to believe in. So the Rockefeller Foundation come out with a with a concept that they want to use nationwide. It's not just them, it's the United Nations the communist organization that stupidly were allowing their main base of operation in the United States. So Rockefeller has this, it's called Reset the Table. And the Ice Age Farmer has something to say about this. Ladies and gentlemen, according to the Rockefeller Foundation, now is the time to completely transform the food system as we know it around the world, including here in America. Even as we stare down the face of the most significant disruption to agriculture and to our food supply in modern history, even as we enter a period where we are expecting food scarcity and people to go hungry, for which we should be preparing, what better time than now, according to the Rockefeller Foundation, the people that ruined our food supply? supply in the first place than to seize the opportunity to come in and make it more sustainable, equitable, and fair, and just. That's right. According to their new Reset the Table plan, we should be meeting the moment to transform the U.S. food system. And the Rockefeller Foundation's new report, Reset the Table, talks a lot about all of the new situations that coronavirus has shed a light on, all of these brewing problems that really have now been surfaced by this latest crisis. 14 million children are missing meals on a regular basis. This is worse than the Great Recession, and it's five times worse than before the pandemic. This paper, then, draws directly on the rich discussions to lay out a framework for change towards an equitable, nourishing, and sustainable U.S. food 
food system. The imperative to change the U.S. food system is not new. Many individuals and organizations have been working behind the scenes to address this for years, if not decades. Yeah, this is a long-standing plan that's being implemented now. What is new here, though, is the urgency and the opportunity in this moment to not let a crisis go to waste. We can make transformative progress. One of these things that's a key here is that access to healthy food is a right for all. And this ties into the um, the base universal basic income, UBI. Everyone be, should be able to earn a living wage. Everyone should have access to health care. Everyone should ha- have access to good, nutritive food. And indeed, one of the core things that happens in this report is that food and health care, food and medicine become one. They, they become one integrated system. Because indeed, as our health care system has ignored for the last hundred years, it actually matters what you eat. Nutrition is in fact the primary way that you can keep your body healthy, but we have ignored that for the last hundred years of Rockefeller-based allopathic medicine and disgusting no-nutrition farming. And I mean, it is the Rockefellers that have put us into this terrible situation in the first place, and they admit it in this paper later on. <laughs> Let's go on. So, from this intro, with urgency, action, and partnership, we can channel our energy to transform the U.S. food system together. And I at least appreciate that they're quite clear clear that that's the goal. We're going to transform the food system. We're going to transform what you eat. And because you are what you eat, we're going to transform you. This is all the transhumanist takeover of all of society, including the food system. So let's start out with what they say, these simmering problems that are now boiling over. What are those things? What COVID-19 has revealed this last shocking and heartbreaking few months? Long car lines and for a day's or a week's worth of food, the food banks being struggled. I've covered a lot of these issues that they're now highlighting here. But they also point out, though, that 94% of deaths from COVID-19 have an underlying condition. The majority of those underlying conditions are diet related. So now we see again, just like Boris Johnson said, I'm too fat. And that's why I'm passing these obesity restrictions and you can't advertise burgers during the day anymore because we don't want kids to see your ads and get fat. Obesity is why I got sick. Yes, they're linking. This is all part of linking food and health. And thus, when you say now that we're living in a medical tyranny, now it becomes a food tyranny as well. That's the bottom line here. They tell an equally powerful story of a food system struggling to respond to the disruptions wrought by COVID-19. Yes, it's been a very troubling time. The system has been stretched to its limits, and here's where the Rockefeller Foundation actually tells the truth. They actually take credit, to my surprise, for having destroyed the food system. The food system's evolution had consequences. The Green Revolution, which the Rockefeller Foundation played a role in seeding and scaling, was effective and successful in addressing calorie-based hunger and averting mass starvation, but it leaves a legacy that we can clearly see today, including an overemphasis of staple grains at the expense of more nutrient-rich foods, a reliance on chemical fertilizers that deplete the soil, and overuse of water. The U.S. food system's very specific kind of efficiency has also brought rigidity and costly impacts on human and environmental health worldwide. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But it was the Rockefeller Foundation that did all that. So why should we listen to them now? Shouldn't we instead turn back 
to indigenous practices that have always worked, to the regenerative practices that could actually undo and repair some of the damage that's been wrought by the Rockefeller Foundation's terrible, toxic petrochemical agriculture. We're going to embrace even more of the Rockefeller Foundation's recommendations, particularly given that they flow from the UN and this globalist transhumanist takeover. We'll continue reading from uh, their framing of these problems here. This is the problem part of the problem reaction solution Hegelian dialectic, even just within this paper. Back to the obesity. 71% of today's adults cannot qualify for military service in the U.S., with overweight and obesity being the main drivers of disqualification. The DOD spends $100 million plus on lost work days associated with active duty personnel who are overweight or obese. So we're just saying, you guys are all fat. You can't handle it. We need to make better choices for you. It's food tyranny. Farming is also responsible for widespread deforestation, loss of biodiversity, which we've seen is also being tied to the pandemic. They're blaming the loss of wildlands and they're saying we need to rewild a lot of farms and we need to push people back into the cities so that we can give this back to nature and that will end pandemics. And then, of course, greenhouse gas emissions. So long before COVID-19, also farm and meatpacking laborers were already badly treated and during the pandemic, it's been a terrible abuse. They were classified as essential. They were forced to work against their will, unprotected, etc. Even grocery clerks and stalkers have been similarly on the front lines of COVID-19. Migrant workers, all of these people involved in keeping you fed, we need to protect them. Enter the opportunity. And now they really make that link between health and medicine. Again, having ignored nutrition completely in our medical system for hundreds of years now, now we're actually going to make that. Oh, it looks like it actually matters what you eat. Before the pandemic, healthcare was experimenting with how to offer nutrition services, but now we will embrace it. That is part of the fundamental change that's needed as we extend our medical tyranny to be a food tyranny too. Welcome to the food world order. Here now is the fundamental change that is needed in the U.S. food system. Based on dialogues with over 100 experts and practitioners, who I will come back to soon to explore just who are the authors of this totalitarian agenda, this paper integrates the insights analysis, experience, and efforts of a large array of organizations that have long been working to improve our food system. Their recommendations are as follows. Number one, food should be a right. Nutritive, good nutritive food should be a right. Like I said, this is the UBI. This is the, literally, we're getting, in fact, they're quite clear. We're getting rid of the capitalism here. Never mind shareholder returns. Never mind working for your living. It's a basic right that you have income and good food, and we're not going to even try and maximize shareholder value now. It's now an equitable system focused on fair returns to all stakeholders, building equitable prosperity throughout the supply chain. Again, I guess it sounds good. It's kind of hard to know what that means and and be critical of it, but uh, we'll leave it there. And then the other thing here that they call out is we can't do this thing where we grow all our food in one place and then ship it to the rest of the world. We need local and regional supply chains that will contribute here. Sounds like a good idea too. To realize these changes, we need to apply several approaches here. First of all, we need to apply true cost accounting, which already sounds a bit Orwellian to me, right? True cost accounting says that you don't just take into consideration costs. You go further than that. You go to extended and indirect costs, the externalities that are affecting the rest of the world. Now, this is 
Just like when we've looked at Christine Lagarde and the European Central Bank saying, well, we're not going to lend to uh, anyone that deals with oil because they have such a huge true cost of operations. They're actually destroying our environment completely. And so we're just going to cut off all funding from them. We're not even going to look at real dollars now. We're going to consider your CO2 emissions and other unicorn farts, cow farts, and that is true cost accounting. We're going to call it whatever we want. The problem with true cost accounting is that the true externalities are subjective. Anyone can make up that you doing business affects me negatively, and therefore we should consider your operation to actually be not profitable because I say so, because I say you're making my quality of life poorer, because I say you're emitting cow farts or CO2, which according to me is a big problem. Maybe you disagree. It doesn't matter now because we've got global governance and they're telling us that these are the true costs. So there's just one way that they can do whatever they want by saying that the true cost of your operation, which is a subjective thing. Ensure public purchasing generates more public good out of every dollar spent on food. This is where they make the case that EBT, SNAP benefits, uh, food stamps, basically, are actually a good thing because there's a multiplier. So even though we're giving away money when they spend it on food, it has a multiplied effect on the economy. It's kind of a weird argument. I wanted to point this out. We need to invest in coordinated federal, state, local capabilities and emergency response plans to increase the flexibility and resilience of the food system. And similarly, modernize data and technology platforms. Why? To be able to operate the system more efficiently, both in normal operation and under stress. What do they mean under stress and emergency response? It seems like they are announcing that there will be additional turbulence ahead, that this was not the only supply chain interruption that we can expect. Here at the Ice Age Farmer Channel, we already know that more are planned, more are in the works, more are already happening. So this is just language, languaging that differently. And then, of course, data and technology platforms like the UK paper that we saw where they said we need more data, we need more automation. It's the same thing. We're going to collect all this data. We're going to feed it into the AI. And then finally, again, unify actors across multiple sectors. Now that we have linked healthcare and nutrition and food and agriculture and everything together, it's all the same. It's all ours to control with our centralized control systems, right? Which is what a coordinated federal response team will We're going to centralize control and we're going to take control centrally over it all. That's what these two points combined mean. Now, there's great urgency here they establish due to the apparent extreme weather events that are taking place because of climate change. Of course, that would be the grand solar minimum. Now that we have this opportunity to put in more investment into the economy since the Great Depression. Well, as Jay Inslee said, we want to make sure that we do a a good job of routing that investment towards the Green New Deal, the Green New Coronavirus Recovery Deal, Green Rebuild of the Transformation of Our Food System. Success will require numerous changes to policies. We're going to have to change the law to do what we want, and we're going to transform the food system. We're going to have to transform both the policies and the practices. Yeah, you'll be doing different things. You'll be growing food in different ways. And the norms. Yeah, you'll be eating different foods. You'll be drinking different drinks. Over the next few months, we will continue to engage. All right, so what are these three core shifts that they've just outlined above? Number one, create an integrated nutrition security system. As I said, this is guaranteeing universal basic nutrition is another way to say this. So they're going to focus on the EBT, the SNAP benefits, the food stamps, as I mentioned. But they also say, and they clarify that this has to be accessible using the new contact-free food acquisition. So we have talked about how people within Walmart, Whole Foods, Safeway, Kroger, these big retailers have reached out to me and let me know over the past few months that the big 
push coming from the top is to move to online ordering, curbside pickup, contactless shopping experiences. And so what they suggest here is that this has to be compatible with food stamps. And then this is an interesting one. School food programs need to be seen as anchors of community feeding. And then number three, food is medicine. Expand that notion that food is medicine. Quote, dietary health and COVID-19 outcomes are clearly linked because if you're fat, like Boris Johnson, you might die. And now is the time to rapidly expand equitable access to produce prescription programs, medically tailored meals, and other programs that enable healthcare providers to connect patients with healthy food. They're working on a tomato that would be an edible coronavirus vaccine. This notion that we can use genetic modifying GMO crops as biofarming, molecular farming, or just straight up farming, they call it here, to create medicines within them, to actually synthesize medicine within the food once you've modified the gene. Here's a bit about how they're modifying a tobacco-like plant to create virus-like entities within tobacco, which then you grind up and ingest, and lo and behold, you become immune to a coronavirus. It's just insane. But but this is the kind of thing they're, they're talking about when they say food as medicine. It's not healthy food, Hippocrates style. It's literally genetically modified food that is being changed so that it changes you, so that it affects your body and starts eliciting the changes that they want in you. This concept of food is medicine is uh, is really interesting and it's an important thing to call out from this document. Here they say, quote, one of COVID-19's legacies should be that it was the moment Americans realized the need to treat nutritious food as part of healthcare, both for its role in prevention and in treatment of diseases. By integrating healthy food into the healthcare system, doctors could prescribe produce as easy these pharmaceuticals. But again, ladies and gentlemen, they're not just talking about eating healthy food. Here's a bit more. This is yeah, Boris Johnson literally said I was fat and that's why I got sick. And now we have to keep you from getting fat so you don't get sick. It's all for your safety. A little bit more on the schools. Public schools are anchors of community feeding. We must recognize school food service as an essential nutrition program. What does that mean? We can't trust parents to feed their kids anymore? We have to have this anchor and we have to rely on schools to get healthier food into kids' stomachs. This is just another one of those data points along the the state taking control over children and removing them from their parents. All right, let's move. Shift number two. We must reinvigorate regional systems as part of a better balanced, more sustainable, and more resilient nationwide food chain. Now we've just put the green mask on full. This is all all Agenda 21 sustainability language here. So what does it actually mean? Let's read a little bit more deeply. One of the keys here is that they want to ensure that they provide relief and stimulus packages that account for the disproportionate effects of, the, of COVID-19 because apparently black, indigenous, and people of color were hit harder by the COVID-19 and therefore black communities, indigenous communities, people of color should receive stimulus packages to rebuild agriculture. Am I reading that correctly? Let's let's double check my math there. Being down here, achieving this shift, we must expand and ensure equitable participation in food policy collaboratives and other cross-sector bodies that will improve our food system. We should invest in grassroots organizations, many of which are already black, indigenous people of color. Are, are we building 
a racist food system? Is that what the Rockefellers are telling us to do? I don't, I don't really get it. I mean, everyone has to eat. Do we really need to talk about skin color in this equation? Apparently we do. Apparently we want systemic racism in our food system and we should only fund... I mean, this sounds like South Africa, right? We're getting rid of the white farmers. Let's just leave that there because it is definitely a third rail and I'd rather stay with the big picture here. But I, it should be a red alert just to even mention anyone's skin color when we're talking about feeding the nation. These two things are not related. We also need to invest here some concrete things though in hard infrastructure such as regional food hubs, cold chain, mid-scale meat processing facilities, so not the big central meatpacking factories and other distribution factories uh, facilities. Number three, the shift to invest in equity and shared prosperity. This talks about how, again, we need to establish protections for the for the meat workers and the agricultural laborers. This speaks to the OSHA guidelines, which help to keep social distancing implemented even when you are harvest work, even when you're working in a meatpacking factory. Here's what that looks like. We've seen this before where OSHA advises that if you're producing food, then uh, this is a bad situation. You need to get those workers out of there. You can't produce food anymore, not under these new guidelines. The good situation here is that you have no one nearby and yeah, your production is cut in half, a little bit less than half it looks like. Or down here, here's alternatively you could put a barrier in, but still no workers there, less food coming out the system. It's pretty clear that OSHA guidelines have a direct correlation to the amount of production coming out of our systems. And this document from the Rockefellers goes on to talk about how we must relentlessly apply that fake cost accounting, true cost accounting. Um, We're going to amplify the cost of the dollar. They go through these public policy guidance for how this should be implemented. Here's again, right now there are more than 15 agencies at the federal level alone who are supposed to regulate and implement policies that impact food from farm to forest. But just as after 9-11, we realized that we needed the Department of Homeland Security, this COVID-19 crisis illustrates a clear need for a single office responsible for our food system. So bring in the centralization of control of power over food. Because if we're building food tyranny to complement our medical tyranny, we got to do it. Capability number four, according to McKinsey, agriculture was the least digitized sector in the United States. We can't have that. We need perfect data from every field, from every seed, and we need that to feed into the AI. The shifts outlined in this paper, quote, will all be made possible and strengthened by a comprehensive access to data in real time. And finally, we need to unify diverse actors into a movement, a movement, a social movement social engineering. Now is the time to realize the long-standing goal of building a more unified front to amplify our advances to policy. So take animal rebellion and all of these different aspects, all these actors, and bring them together. Catalyze this change. They conclude, quote, over the coming months, the Rockefeller Foundation will engage with leaders in the many intersecting fields the food system touches to strengthen efforts to address the challenges and pursue the opportunities involved in this paper. In other words, We'll be working on this. We're going to be steaming ahead on this agenda to take total control over your food supply. They absolutely will continue to work on taking total control over the food system. Now, as they see it, is the moment to do so. Now, again, like I said, who is this? Who's talking here? Who wrote this paper? Who are the 100 experts that the Rockefeller Foundation tapped 
and invited in to come have this conversation. It reads like an amazing collection of, here's someone from the National Sustainable Agricultural Commission, someone from the RAND Corporation, someone from the World Food Policy Center at Duke, more sustainable, renewable living, the Harvard Law School Food and Law Policy Clinic, who just this week petitioned the USDA so that fake meat, lab-grown synthetic meat could be sold to you as beef without even labeling it. That's what the Harvard Law School is up to. And yes, they're working on this with the Rockefeller Foundation. Big surprise there. The Food Chain Workers Alliance. So that's why the workers' rights are in there. The Johns Hopkins University Center. A few people has uh, some of their futurists in there. The UN's World Food Program. This is a collection of globalists and other New World Order stooges. And then also, of course, the Brookings Institutions and the Meridians Institute. Both think tanks related to these sorts of things. In fact, it was the Meridian Institute who's already previously put together reports on climate change and food systems and all the changes we need to make an equitable food system for the future. And it was the Brookings Institute which has been doing the surveys to collect the data that justifies everything that's in this report. We've seen from the EU just a month ago I covered, they unveiled their farm to fork strategy. What did they talk about? They talked about a fair, healthy, and environmentally friendly food system. Yes, we can leave it up to the unelected bureaucrats in the EU to set this tone for all of the countries in Europe. And indeed, they, just like the Rockefeller Foundation, are both pulling from the IPCC's reports at the UN talking about how we have to change our use of land and we have to reformat the food system all in the name of climate change. This predates the coronavirus. But I just wanted to point out, in fact, here's another one. I just wanted to illustrate that this isn't coming actually from the Rockefeller Foundation as much as they are the mouthpiece domestically for this global agenda, this template that was rolled out by the UN and then by the EU, by the UK, by the Rockefellers. It takes different forms in different parts of the world. But we see that where it takes the unelected bureaucrats at the EU and Europe, here it's these, indeed, unelected ruling class, the, uh, the think tanks. All of this is to be expected, right? When they have already publicly announced that they want a global system surveilling every emission of gas anywhere on the planet, surveying and identifying every coffee bean that is grown and every piece of fish that is harvested from the sea and put it in blockchain and the Internet of Things and use artificial intelligence to control the supply chain. This has already been announced and it's being implemented rapidly by IBM and a, a few other actors. This new startup called Food IE just got a new round of funding. They have executives, as I called out, from uh, a former Facebook and Google employee is their CEO. They have board members who are from Whole Foods and they're whole shtick here is that they want to provide, in their words, transparency and label claim authentication. And thus, when you see and they're claiming this, people deserve to know what's in their food. When they see the food ID label, the pro it's like the USDA stamp of approval, but now it's food ID. Now it's blockchain, Facebook and Google executives that are doing it. Only we really don't have any reason to trust these people. Do we? I mean, we just saw that the Harvard Policy for Food and Law was petitioning the USDA to not tell you that it was fake meat, that it wasn't even real meat. They want to totally lie to you. They don't have any interest in, in uh, telling you what's in there. Earlier in the summer, of course, the FDA actually said, don't worry about your labels. If you need to change your ingredients, that's fine. 
just try and swap it out for something that's roughly the same. Just something else that's still got fat or protein. If it's if it's pretty much still the same, you can just do ingredient substitution because of coronavirus, right? We're just throwing all of the rules into the wind. These are the people who are saying we can trust them to verify that our food is coming from the right place, even as they stop doing so. And even as they petition for the ability to lie to us because of free speech protections, it's just insane. No, I don't trust these people. And as I've said before, under the the guise of public safety and coronavirus and the new normal, it is an all-out, across-the-board assault on the food system and on your ability to grow food. And as we enter this great reset, and now the great reset of the table, according to the Rockefeller Foundation, I just wanted to point out, using their own fresh two-day-old report about resetting the table, that this is absolutely going on. It's in fast motion right now, and we all need to start growing our own food. Of course, it is not a surprise that they are putting out they're they're putting up this report that paves the way forward into the future right as we're about to head into severe food shortages which they will just point at as yet another reason that we need to transform the food system into an equitable sustainable just situation now what's happening all over the world is everybody's yelling got to test 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 got to do more testing testing we've got to uh, just everybody's got to get testing we've got to increase testing and here's the problem with that is that and if you have you noticed that you can't go in and get a test and have it back like right now right you, you got to wait days sometimes 14 days i mean this is asinine and stupid well they have this it's the test they use is called a pcr test unfortunately the the guy that invented this polymerase chain reaction polymerase chain reaction pcr testing it's it's he was a biochemist and it's inappropriate to detect a viral infection this test was this is not designed as a test it was designed to do totally other things but fauci and the world health organization two communists decided that the, they're going to start using this and this is why you're getting so many false positive this is why People are showing up as positive, and they're not positive. And an example, Texas. If you went on the internet, you would find, and I'm not exaggerating, over 100 different times that this so-called testing was fraudulent or false. Texas falsely charged 225 deaths to COVID. And they went back and discovered that, no, that that's not there. They, they used a the PCR test on the dead people's blood, and... Uh, said oh yeah that's positive for covid so we're going to claim it's covid this is all part of the plan all of this holland came out and they said we have some of the greatest scientists and epidemiologists in the world here and they all agree masks are worthless so we're not going to subject our people to mandating that they wear this phony virtue signaling face flag Remember the, uh, the 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 clip I played last week of these doctors that were in front of the Washington Monument and they're talking about uh, hydroxychloroquine and how it actually does work and save lives and they were talking about a bunch of other stuff too. Well, that the the one female the the uh, it was a blonde and of course you couldn't tell that by uh, listening to the show. She got fired. She got fired because she dared to say something like that that it wasn't part of the uh, pandemic. So. She was interviewed on Tucker Carlson. Reported the other night, censored a video of physicians expressing their views about treatment for the coronavirus. Some of those views were optimistic. That would hurt the Joe Biden for president campaign. And so they pulled it off the Internet. 
and banned anyone from sharing it. That's the state of free speech in America. We're allowed to share it here because we don't work for Google or Facebook. So here's a clip. This is a treatment regimen that's very simple, and it should be in the hands of the American people. The difficult aspect of this is that at the moment, because of politics, it's being blocked from doctors prescribing it, and it's being blocked from pharmacists releasing it. They've been empowered to overrule the doctor's opinion. I'm in favor of it being over-the-counter. Over-the-counter. Give it to the people. Give it to the people. Dr. Simone Gold was in that video, the banned one. She was censored, but more than that, she was fired from her job, apparently for appearing in that video. We're going to get the story directly from her because she joins us now. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on. Can it be true that you lost your job for expressing your medical opinions on camera? Yes, thank you so much. I'm a board-certified emergency physician for 20 years. In fact, until seems like five minutes ago, I was considered a hero, and people would be clapping and glad that I was doing what I was doing. And then the video came out, and I was summarily fired for appearing in what was told to me is an embarrassing video. So that's what happened. Leaving aside the legal question of whether an employer is just allowed to fire someone for appearing in a video that might hurt the Biden campaign, I'm interested in what their justification was. You're a doctor treating patients in an emergency room. What does a video have to do with your work? Yeah, of course it has nothing to do with my work. I'm very well liked, well regarded. Thankfully, I've got a wonderful reputation with the patients, with my staff, with my colleagues, and I actually enjoy what I do. But, you know, we came to Washington because we're so distressed. You know, frontline doctors like myself, we're seeing patients not get what they need. We're seeing the doctor-patient relationship being completely eroded, that the governors are empowering pharmacies to overrule doctors who had conversations with their patients. It's really something that Americans should be alarmed about. And as you probably know, I did not know things were going to go viral. Of course, I was told later that we were the most viral video of of all time. Apparently there was 18 million views on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever it is, and they all kind of summarily pulled all of it. It was just all taken off. My own website was taken down, and it's been interesting ever since. And and we should say for our viewers who haven't seen it, and presumably our viewers can't see it because the tech companies have censored it, but it wasn't an hour-long video on hydroxychloroquine. There are many parts to it, including what, what you just said, that were interesting, that were clearly true. Shouldn't you as a practicing physician with a medical degree be allowed to express your views on science as you practice it without being censored. You know, what's funny is the video that got the most attention was a press conference we did right in front of the Supreme Court, but actually the summit was seven hours of doctors teaching the American people. We decided to come straight to the American people with lots of social media, so we did a morning session for three and a half hours and an afternoon session for three and a half hours. I'm not sure you even knew that, and we went through everything with the lockdown, masks, hydroxychloroquine treatment, other treatments, just all of it, how it affects older people, younger people, etc. That was actually the majority of the summit and yes people will be able to find it on I had to rebuild my website really quickly America's Frontline Doctors they took my my URL so it's got the word summit now America's Frontline Doctors summit.com I don't want anyone to just believe me because I'm saying it we put together a white paper that has all the science it's utterly irrefutable that hydroxychloroquine is safe that's without question and there's tons and tons of studies to show now that it's quite efficacious you have to kind of wonder why we're still talking about an FDA approved medication been around for 65 years it's been around since long before George Washington who gave it to his troops. Why are we still discussing it? It's a little bit strange. Look, I I majored in Russian history. I don't know anything about hydroxychloroquine. I do know about the way the country's supposed to work. And physicians should be allowed to explain their experiences, their clinical experiences treating patients. And you're not allowed to because Joe Biden getting elected is more important. And that's scary. And I'm grateful that you came on tonight. Uh, May I say one thing? There's a, a lot of people, there's a lot of people saying some negative things.
things about me. I would ask people, please, to stop saying negative things about me. I'm a board-certified emergency physician. I take good care of patients. We've hired Lynn Wood to help me in this matter, and I hope that that puts to rest anything that people might want to say that's defamatory. I rarely root for lawyers, but I am in this case. Dr. Gould, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Right after that that uh, video went viral of all these doctors saying, look, we don't, we, you don't have to die. People do not have to die in the United States. They don't have to die anywhere in the world because this is the treatment. The Instantly, the deep state turned all of their trolls loose on the Internet to invalidate these, these doctors. Oh, I'm not kidding. It was astounding. Oh, they're crazy. These people are all, they're crazy people. They're on drugs. They've never worked before in, in a hospital. They, they don't believe, they're not real doctors. I mean, it went, it went ape. It went ape. And this is exactly what the deep state does. This is what, this is how they control. It's called buttons. It's called buttons. In advertising, they do something. They, they want to know what to say to you so that you'll buy the thing or whatever they're, they're, they're selling or they want to know what button that will anger you so that you'll go to war this is psychology right this so how to control you you'll find these different buttons like and you've heard these assault i mean a weapon is a weapon but now you have an assault weapon uh and you you, you know you you have um, you have conservatives well now you have right-wing conservatives as if there's a difference. But they throw these buttons in because, and I can't say the stupider you are, the easier you fall for buttons because everybody falls for the buttons, except me. I don't fall for buttons because I can't be programmed. I can't be brainwashed. And I can see the buttons. I used to work in advertising years ago. Now the government, in fact, Yale University and the deep state, and you'll find this under clinicaltrials.gov. They're advertising to hire people so that they can figure out what buttons to use to make people take the vaccine when it comes here. Okay? And they're looking for different control messages. Let's see. Uh, what, what, what do we need? What Personal freedom message, an economic freedom message, a self-interest message, community interest, economic benefit, guilt, embarrassment message, anger, trust in science message not brave message so these are buttons that they're going to be testing on people and they want they they need people to uh volunteer for this and then you'll find this under clinicaltrials.gov i'll have a link to it and you'll see you'll understand it and if you you need to go and look at this because they're going to start hitting you with this they're already playing this you're just selfish if you don't wear a mask button i was in costco the other day i don't wear a mask I tell them I have a I have a, 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 a drug dependency or something. <laughs> I tell them I have a medical, and I just I just walk in. And some guy sitting in one of those uh, automatic wheelchairs, he looked at me and he said, "That's selfish. That's selfish." I didn't want to screw with him. He was such a coward; he couldn't even look me in the eye. But that's the button they're using. It's selfish. It's selfish. So they're going to figure out how what buttons to use so that. All the people out there can be brainwashed into taking that inoculation, that vaccination when it comes, which, by the way, when you die or are disabled permanently from this vaccination that you're going to be taking, the pharmaceutical companies will not be held accountable for any side effects in any way, shape, or form of this vaccine. That's already been determined by the deep state. Concurrently, when that came out, there is a company called Moderna, 
And they are one of the largest ones, and they've taken millions and millions of dollars from the U.S. government to develop a vaccine. Well, the chief executive officer and the chief medical officer both sold all of the shares of Moderna in the past week. This is the company that's going to have no liability whatsoever, according to the deep state. And they've taken millions of dollars from the U.S. government to devise a vaccine. And now the heads of that company, Moderna, sold all their shares. Hmm. Never can tell what's going on here, can you? Oh, for those of you who are still on the global warming bandwagon, well, they, 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 uh, they're, they're changing the global warming. You know, they, they're trying to say climate change. You know, it's the same difference. It's, it's from the same psychosis. These are buttons. Global warming is a button. Climate change is a button. Certain people react to certain buttons. Unfortunately, this global warming ain't, ain't warming up so well because parts of Tasmania covered in snow for the first time in 40 years. And Victoria has an, had an Arctic blast that engulfed all of Australia. It's a once-in-a-decade snow. There is snow falling in places that it has not had snow in 100 years. This is, this is the reality of the Earth. It changes because, not because man has, has done anything or because cows are farting or, or any of that, but it's because that's what the earth does and because we're in a solar minimum right now. You know, Los Angeles proved years ago they had uh, leaded gasoline. And when you go to Los Angeles and you go up in the hills and you look down, you literally look, you're looking into a bowl of gray soup. That's what it looked like. This, the, the, when you get up in the hills and look down, it literally looked gray because of all the uh, lead in, in the atmosphere in, the, in that localized area. So they, they banned in California leaded gas, and in a few years, it all got cleaned out, and the air you could see th- now. I mean, you could see through it. It, it, it. There was no more gray there. Yet south of there, or east of there, where they still had leaded gas, it was still gray skies. What I'm getting at is most of the ecological problems on Earth are localized. You know, you cause a big problem in the middle of Nevada. Well, it doesn't affect the whole planet. It affects that area. So when you stop causing that problem, that area gets cleaned up. It's like Venice, the, the canals in Venice. People stopped going onto the canals because of the pandemic. Nobody wanted to be out on the water. Water cleaned up. Fish go, wow, I can breathe in there now. So they came back. You know, it's it's not affecting the whole planet. So all of this global warming crap is just that. And they're using it as a button. And it's a political button. And it's used all over the world. And most of these buttons now are controlled by certain organizations. And one of them is the United Nations. It, it is literally a communist organization. It's, it's controlled by communists. So what I was saying was that there are snowfall now that's never happened before. There is heat now that hasn't happened in 50 years. There's die-offs all over the world from fish and birds. It's going, it's going to continue doing this because this is Earth, and it's doing what the hell it wants to do. It has a revolution around the sun. It spins at a certain speed, which, believe it or not, speeds up and slows down, but imperceptible to us. And the sun affects uh, a lot of the the uh, environmental factors on Earth. 
All right, now we're getting into the liberal psychosis, and this is about the party of racism, intolerance, anger, hate, and fear. The Black Lives Matter fraud is really being pushed all throughout the United States by the communists. Unfortunately, what that's doing is granting credence to this communist organization. There is a woman by the name of Cori Bush. She was a homeless woman at one time, but now she gets... uh, (laughs) Now she gets noticed because she's a black racist who hates America, hates whites, and she's running for office. And she might be elected. It very well could be. She's running against a a Democrat in Missouri, and she won the primary. Well, we'll see what happens. But it's, uh, it's, it's happening all over the United States. And if you just knew what the Black Lives Matter was, it, it's, an, it's, an, it's a corporation. It was started, and I've talked about this before, it was started by a couple of lesbians. They're trained communists. They want the destruction of the United States. No ifs, ands, or buts. And everything they do is aimed towards destroying the fundamentals that created the United States. And they want, it, the whole thing is getting ridiculous. I have a link that you can go look at. And you'll you'll understand when you read it. You will see BLM's past uh, associates. You'll see what's going on. The Seattle, by the way, by, you know Seattle is a laughing stock. Uh, Seattle's in Washington, which is uh, the governor is a is a communist, and the Seattle mayor is a communist, and the chief of police in Seattle is a black racist communist female. So the mayor now is blaming Trump. He's she's blaming Trump for all the riots that are, that are are ongoing in Seattle. It, it's 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 an ongoing thing with hers. Like this is all Trump's fault. This is not my fault because I'm a communist uh, or a racist. It's it's uh it's uh it's it's Trump's fault. It, the Seattle chief of police is begging the city council to stop the crap and allow the police department to uh protect <laughs> downtown Seattle. And of course being all communist. And this is the thing, you know, this is the double-edged sword. If you want to be a communist, you're going to have to suffer because of it. So you turn loose a whole bunch of 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 millennial communists, they're going to bite you too. In fact, Antifa sued Seattle. Why? Well, because with more because Seattle allowed, quote unquote, Seattle allowed the Department of Homeland Security to defend federal property. And because of that, these poor Antifa communists had to go out and buy better protective gear. So they're suing Seattle, claiming that the police responses forced them to invest in better riot gear. Funding is being reduced for nearly half of all major cities in the United States in the police departments. Guess what major cities are controlled by? They're controlled by communists. Almost every single quote-unquote major city in the United States is controlled by communists. And they're reducing, reducing the police department in that city. Any of you who live in any of the major cities, and you know what I'm talking about, I get the hell out of there as soon as possible, but do, do us all a favor. Don't come to uh, Idaho. Find some other place you can destroy. This is New York City, and this is happening in California as well. This is, I'm giving you single examples of things that are occurring by communist-controlled areas all through the United States. So a gang member was was, uh, arrested in New York City. Well, they don't hold anybody anymore because of COVID, because of this this pandemic. So they released him. 
So he goes out and he proceeds to kill people, shoot people. I, it's, it's astounding. There was, in San Francisco, they released this, this gang member, and he immediately, now he was in, in jail because he was charged with rape. So they released him because they didn't want him to get the disease. So he goes out and kills the woman that he raped so that she couldn't testify against him. In Minneapolis, it's so bad. Now remember, we're in, under the category liberal psychosis. So all, everything I'm ta- telling you is an example of this liberal psychosis. Minneapolis, the police chief comes out and tells the residents, you know what, your best bet, because our police department is so emasculated, the, the uh, mayor and the governors cut our balls off. We can't do anything. To obey the criminals and be prepared to be robbed. If somebody comes up to you and says, I'm going to rob you, say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Here's my money. That's, that's what they're saying. You know, I love this. None of this crap would happen in Idaho. I don't care what communist gets in charge. None of this is going to happen up here. New York Attorney General is suing to dissolve the National Rifle Association. See, the, the NRA incorporated themselves incorporated in new york city i don't it's it's a it's a business thing i guess i don't know but anyway so now they're being sued uh for uh, financial irregularities and she wants to just totally destroy the nra and dissolve it the, the nra is not what these communists think the nra is not that organization the nra is me the nra is every member who's in the nra that's the nra Do you remember the uh, man and woman who their property was threatened by a bunch of these these Antifa commies and Black Lives Matter communists? They were threatening their property. The the woman comes out with a pistol and the man comes out with an AR-15 and tells them, get the hell off our property. And they did. Well, this is in St. Louis. And the prosecutor there, which is a black female communist racist, filed charges against them. Well, there's a lot of people on their side, and there's lawyers that are going to take, the, the, take up the case. George Soros gave her over $100,000 for her new election. This is how, this is how stupid these people are. They're, they're, this gets into the definition of entitlement. An entitlement is not just an entitlement attitude. It's not just people thinking that they're owed something. It's people thinking that they're impervious to repercussions. In the ongoing riots that occur every night in Portland, Oregon, again, another city run by a communist and state that's controlled by a communist, this guy, who is white, in fact, most of these most of these protesters are white, he sets fire to the police department, and they catch him. And he says, how'd you catch me? Well, you didn't have your shirt on, so you have your last name tattooed on your back. This is definition of stupid. And then another protester... He goes to his grandmother and says, "I don't have. Uh, I, I got to have protest clothing. That's that's better. Uh, my shirt's not going to work. I need something that's that's thicker and stronger." So his grandmother buys something for him, and then sees him in it, in the shirt, burning, setting fires. So she turns him in. <laughs> his own grandma turned him in. And then in, in uh, Washington D.C., D- Washington D.C. is a is a city, right? It's it's a District of Columbia. It's an area that's that's exempt from the United States. It's not part of the United States. Well, there's a mayor there who is, again, a black female racist communist who allows Black Lives Matter to be painted everywhere in the city, including on the street. Well, there were two pro-lifers that were protesting abortions and using chalk on the sidewalk. They wrote some protest statements. They got arrested for defacing public property. 
Michigan, well-known communist uh, governor there, well-known, Whitmer, female. She declared that racism is public health crisis. But because blacks can't be racist, it's only whites, she's requiring bias training for all white state employees. Chicago, well-known communist (laughs) joint. (laughs) He's a representative. There's this guy, this black communist racist. He comes out and says, we need to eradicate and no longer teach history because it was written by a white man. So today, I'm calling for the abolishment of history classes in Illinois. We're concerned that current school history teachings lead to white privilege and a racist society. I'm calling on the State Board of Education to end the teaching of history and the local school districts to take immediate action by removing the current history books and curriculum practices that unfairly communicate our history until a suitable alternative is developed. We should instead devote greater attention towards civics and ensure students understand our democratic process and how they can be involved. So in other words, he wants to teach all the children in Illinois, which, what is it, 90% are black? They want to teach all of them how to be social justice warriors. And by the way, the complete footage from the officer's chest cam, is his, uh, his little uh, camera that they carry on their chest, when they arrested that fraud, George Floyd, as leaked. It is now available. I have it, and I'm going to post it on my website. Now, I just received a, 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 little, a little clip from my wife. There is this, is, this is communist training to all blacks. All right, is the first thing you do when you're approached by a police officer is start saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Because eventually somebody will film that and use that as ammunition against uh, the uh, the police department. So that's the standard thing. All blacks have been trained to start saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. But you want to see the truth about this George Floyd BS? I'm going to have it on my website, and you're going to be able to, to uh, watch it. Now, I also told everybody that I'd have the complete video of the doctors from last week. The doctors uh, on my website. I haven't figured out yet how to uh, set up a link to where you can watch it. I- I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to try and figure out a link so that everybody can watch that. The Communist Party... It's Communist. The, uh, yeah, 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 the Communist, but the, in other words, the... The Democrats, they're pushing for for uh, the ability to kill more black babies. You know, Planned Parenthood was, was created to kill uh, black children. She says it. The woman that created it says that. Need to kill black children. And she was a Democrat, and all Democrats are still just as racist, every single one of them. So Democrats are still pushing for a new law now that would allow more efficient killing of African babies. They want to Representative Jen Schakowsky has introduced a bill that would allow U.S. taxpayer-funded international aid programs to pay for abortion procedures in Africa. So this is, they're still doing it. They're still pushing it. They want to kill as many blacks off as possible. And I still finding astounding that blacks still support the Democrat Party. Now, we've had problems for the past 
30 years with uh, communist Chinese coming in in the United States and getting and infiltrating schools, colleges, laboratories. National Security has discovered over 250 uh, collaborations within schools, laboratories, with Chinese military-tied researchers. Where every once a week you're going to see something in the news when somebody was arrested. A Chinese guy who speaks with a Chinese accent, who's been in here for 10 years, and he works at Stanford University researching nuclear, the nuclear field. And, of course, he's tied in with the communist Chinese government. It happens all the time. Oh, and the worst one. The worst one under this, this is awful. This is awful. The person who did this should be ashamed of themselves. In North Carolina, a woman, one of the local BLM activists in Asheville, noticed that a bear had a collar around its neck. And this is a this is either a pet bear or a, doesn't it say where it is. But they put a Trump 2020 sticker on the bear's collar. Isn't that awful? Isn't that, I mean, how can they, anybody live with themselves after doing that? I don't know. I personally wouldn't want to get close enough to a bear to put anything anywhere on it. But somebody put a Trump 2020 sticker on a bear's collar in North Carolina. Ain't that awful. All right. Now we're going into government threat. Government threat. Not just our government, all, but, but other governments. There was an explosion in Beirut this uh this week. I'm, I'm sure you heard about it. I've seen a lot of data on it, a lot of intelligence on it. There's a lot of BS out there. This this explosion drove a shockwave over 25 miles. I'm sure sooner or later we're going to find out exactly what happened, but it killed hundreds of people and, and wounded and maimed over 3,000 people. This is in Beirut. This is right on the, right on the coast, right on the docks. They're claiming that it was a bunch of ammonia nitrate that's been sitting there for for years and it went off or or some such crap. When I looked at it, it looked like a tactical nuke had hit the place. And I'm going to have, I'm going to have an article on it and I'm also going to have 14 different camera angles of people uh, who had filmed while this explosion went off. You know those smart speakers that everybody's getting free now or cheap? I mean, I go to a yard sale, I can get a quote-unquote smart speaker for 5 bucks. I can buy them online delivered for $20. And, and you talk to it and you tell it things and it does things for you. You know, play, play this song, play this. I've already said this one time and so have many other people. All of those smart speakers you have everywhere in your house, they're always on. And they're always recording. Always on always recording. We know that. Trump knows that. His his security system and the people that works around him, they know that. They, so there's none available there in any way, shape, or form. In fact, he's kind of pissed off at the, a lot of the Chinese companies. There is no such thing as a, as a Chinese person who's not a communist. I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're all communists. And I'm talking about from China, not Chinese people who are Americans. I'm talking from China. They're all communists. So all businesses are controlled by the communist government. All of this data, all of these smart things, all of this stuff, that information goes directly to China. And they use it for many, 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 many things. Now, I've mentioned this before, and so has everyone else. Communist China runs the UN. There is a, a, um, there's a journalist. He runs this, this podcast called Behind the Deep State. He is not... I don't know. He's not suited for podcasts because every other 
and I'm not exaggerating, every third word is, uh, 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 there's a clip, and he explains everything about this, how China, communist China is running the UN, not just the UN, but communist China is running a lot of things that are happening in the United States that we don't even pay attention to. Anyway, my point with him was that I, it took me two hours to edit this this little speech of his that he talked about and, and uh, all the information that he is going to give you. So the communist Chinese dictatorship murdered more people than any other government in all of human history now basically runs the United Nations. It's like a wholly owned subsidiary of the Communist Party of China. And that has incredibly important implications for you and for your country. And once again, the deep state is pulling the strings behind the scenes. The, the communist Chinese government is going to play a star role in this whole fiasco of a drama. One of the main ways that they're projecting their power right now is through the United Nations. And this is not a secret anymore, right? I mean, we, everybody knows now about the World Health Organization and uh, Dr. Tedros basically being attack poodles for communist China. But the problem goes so much deeper. And I want to go through some of the UN agencies and organizations that are under the control of communist China, just to give you a sense of this. And the UN has 15 specialized agencies. Out of those, the communist Chinese government openly runs about one third, openly, right, where you have an actual member of the communist Chinese party running the UN agency. The problem is so significant now that uh, the assistant US Secretary of State for International Organization, Kevin Moley, uh, he uh, stepped down last year. He actually told the Epic Times, that this poses the greatest existential threat to our republic since the founding of our nation. Now, he said this is the fight for our lives. It's a struggle between Western civilization and the Communist Party of China. And the U.S. government is very familiar with this now. We just had a report released earlier this year by the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission. Uh, it's the USCC for short. And they go through some of the many organizations at the United Nations, including the specialized agencies that are actually run by members of the Communist Chinese Party. Communist Chinese are, are now advancing their own interests through the UN, everything from internet governance to uh, technologies to international development, uh, human rights, all the rest of it. This is a very, very serious concern. Communist China is different than, than other places, right? When you when you go work for the UN, you have to take an oath that uh, you know, you're not going to consider the interests of your country. You're working for the UN. You're an international civil servant. I mean, it's part of what you take uh, as an oath to work there. But when it comes to the Communist Chinese, they completely abandoned that. Uh, and, and they've done it again in the open, right? You had uh, the head of Interpol. Uh, the Interpol is kind of, it's not a technically a UN agency, but it's like the, the wannabe global police force of the New World Order. They actually selected to run that agency a member of the Communist Chinese Party. His name was Meng Hongwei. Uh, he was the, uh, the president of Interpol. He was also the vice minister of China's public security, basically the vice minister of the terror apparatus to keep all the slaves in line. He was running Interpol, you know, doing his business and he went back to China and when he went back to China he was arrested by the dictatorship and they actually explained in public that the reason, uh, one of the reasons for arresting him was that he was not obeying communist party orders 
if you're running an international organization, you're supposed to not be obeying orders from a political party or a home government. Apparently, if you do that and you're from Communist China, they will arrest you and disappear you and probably torture you. Who knows what has happened to this man, but I'm sure it's nothing good. They've also been pretty open about this uh, as well on television. Uh, you had a guy who was running the UN Department for Economic and Social Affairs. They call it UNDESA. That's not one of their specialized agencies, but it's a very, very significant arm of the United Nations. It oversees all the economic and social things. So the, the member of the Communist Chinese Party who was running this, his name was Wu Hongbo. Uh, he actually went on Communist Chinese state-run television, and he bragged about how he used his UN position to evict a leader of the World Uyghur Congress. The Communist Chinese don't really like the Uyghurs because they, you know, they worship Allah rather than the Communist Party of China, so they do not like Uyghurs. They've got millions of them in concentration camps right now. And so this guy goes on television, on Communist Chinese television, he says, we have to strongly defend the motherland's interests. On TV, using his UN position, bragging about using his UN position to advance the interests of the Communist Chinese Party. You know, they're very, very open now about the fact that they run the UN and that they are running the UN for very sinister purposes. You know, and I want to go through some of the agencies that are now under the UN's control. For example, uh, and we've written about this very, very extensively at The New American, uh, one of the big ones is the International Telecommunications Union. It's been run by a member of the Communist Chinese Party named Zhao Haolin since 2015. Now, this is the UN agency that they hope is going to regulate the internet. A member of the Communist Chinese Party in charge of this UN agency. Before he went to go take up his post at the UN, he worked at China's Ministry of Telecommunications, which is now part of the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology. So they're hoping to send the internet, regulate the internet, tax the internet using this agency. Another UN agency under the control of the mass murdering regime is the International Civil Aviation Organization. So if you don't trust the skies to be managed by communist China, what is wrong with you, right? And uh, again, they've been very, very hostile toward freedom, toward Taiwan, uh, and on and on. Another UN agency under Chinese control is the UN Industrial Development Organization, UNIDO. Thankfully, the United States is not actually a member of this abomination. Our government got us out of that some years ago, and several other Western governments did as well. But this is led by former Vice Minister of Finance from China. His name is Li Yong. And what this agency does is basically takes technology from advanced Western free market countries that have invested the money in research and development, and then distributes it to third world dictatorships who are busy oppressing their people. Now, Li, the guy who runs this UN agency, has been using his post at this UN agency to advance the communist Chinese agenda, including promoting companies like Huawei, where I shouldn't say companies, right? Arms of the Chinese Communist Party. Huawei, which of course is infiltrating now all the uh, technology and the telecommunications architecture. Another UN agency that recently fell under communist Chinese control is the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, which is based in Rome. Now I have a guy called Qu Dongyu who is running it. Uh, he took his post, according to diplomats, through bribery and through threats, getting other candidates to drop out and things like that. Incredible. And this is a huge agency with huge numbers of employees. They distribute billions of dollars worth of aid and food all over the world, and of course it is now in the hands of Beijing being used to advance Communist Party goals. You know, the Agenda 2030, which is a, a crucial part of the United Nations agenda, 17 Sustainable Development Goals, actually the guy who was running the UN General Assembly at the time, Peter Thompson, called it the uh, the Master Plan for Humanity. Secretary General called it the Global Declaration of Inter-
interdependence. And uh, the communist Chinese were bragging that they played a crucial role in creating this. So the global plan for humanity developed with a crucial role from the communist Chinese. And you, of course, have the UN now promoting communist Chinese road initiative, right? Or the Belt and Road Initiative or the One Belt, One Road. Sometimes they call it the enormous international plan to have all roads lead back to Beijing, right? All global trade they want to run through Beijing. Other powerful posts run by uh, communist Chinese agents. You have Liu Zenmin, who serves as the Undersecretary General for UN Economic and Social Affairs. Now he's been there since 2017, took over from another Chinese communist. And he was previously the Vice Minister of Foreign Affairs for Communist China. You have Xu Haoliang, who serves as the Assistant Secretary General for the UN Development Program, another agency that has had a long history of boosting communist governments, including North Korea. You have Shui Han Quin, who serves as the Vice President of the International Court of Justice, which is the primary judicial body of the UN. They like to describe themselves as the World Court with a Chinese communist for vice chair or vice president. Liu Jian, who is the chief scientist at the UN Environment, which is the UN agency that shapes environmental programs worldwide. You've got Chinese agent Tang Qian, who was serving until 2018 as the assistant director general of UNESCO, the UN Education Agency. He was actually nominated by the dictatorship to serve as the director general of UNESCO. So basically all the children all over the world would be brainwashed by this UN agency run by a Chinese communist. At the time, it was run by a Bulgarian communist named Irina Bokova. Uh, then in um, 2018, they actually put a communist Chinese agent, uh, Ku Xing, who now is the deputy director general of the agency. The director general is actually a socialist from France, a member of the Socialist Party, by the way. You know, I, I could just go on and on and on, right? You've got, uh, of course, the World Health Organization. The assistant director general for universal health coverage is a Chinese agent named Ren Mingui. The head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus is, of course, a puppet of the Communist Chinese Party who was on the Politburo of a mass-murdering communist terrorist organization in Ethiopia before becoming the right-hand man to the mass-murdering dictator there. Another key uh, Chinese leader at the UN, Wang Bingyang, who's the Deputy Director General of the World Intellectual Property Organization, which, of course, oversees the global intellectual property system. You've got uh, Zhang Wenjian, who serves as Assistant Secretary General of the World Meteorological Organization, which is helping to shape climate policy. Uh, and it's not just at the UN. Uh, you've got uh, at the IMF, you have Zhang Tao is the Deputy Managing Director. He's been there since 2016. Before that, he was the Deputy Governor of the Central Bank of China. You have Lin Jianhai, who's the Secretary of the IMF and of the International Monetary and Financial Committee. You've got uh, the IMF Executive Director for China is Yin Zhongxia. World Bank has communist Chinese agents all up and down the place. They've got them in all these regional development banks. They've got them at the World Trade Organization, right? Chinese agent Yu or Yi Xiao Zun is the Deputy Director General of the World Trade Organization, which of course has rigged the global trading system to benefit communist China. And it just gives you a sense, right, of, of how bad this has gotten. The World Trade Organization's appellate body, which is like their internal court or whatever that decides countries obeying the World Trade Organization's rules. They've got uh, Zhao Hong, who sits on that appellate body as one of the judges there. You've got the Deputy Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency. 
Agency is another communist Chinese, Yang Dazu. Now Beijing's got uh, the School of Global Governance, where they're basically training up legions of little globalist communist operatives to go take over more UN agencies. Uh, and even a lot of the non-members of the communist Chinese party, like people who come from other countries, are still in the pockets of communist China. And I talked to some people at the State Department. I talked to people uh, at this U.S. Commission. Uh, and I mean, it's very well known now that communist Chinese control exists, even when you're not actually dealing with a member of the Communist Party of China. It might be somebody from a third world country whose government owes a big debt to China. This has been going on for a long time. The, the UN is so thoroughly controlled by the Chinese communists now that you had a, a crazy incident, it's almost hard to believe, where the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, their office, was actually passing the names of victims of the Communist Chinese Party, right? People who were going to come testify at the UN about the abuses of the Communist Chinese Party. This UN agency was passing the names to the Communist Chinese government so that before they would leave their country to come here and to come to the Switzerland or to New York to testify, uh, they could be arrested and tortured. Or if they were already outside of China, their family could be arrested and tortured. And then even more incredibly, the whistleblower who exposed this, a nice young lady named Emma Riley from Ireland who was working there, when she exposed this, they retaliated against her. They, they couldn't believe that somebody would think it was problematic that they were giving the names of Chinese dissidents to the Communist Chinese Party. Unbelievable stuff. Now, uh, the Obama administration played a, a big role in allowing this situation to develop. The deep state is now trying to blame Trump for this because the cat is out of the bag that the communist Chinese run the UN. They're saying, oh, it's all Trump's fault, right? Uh, because he's not a globalist and he doesn't love the UN and he doesn't want to give them more money. It's all Trump's fault that communist China runs the UN. Nope, right? Communist China was running the UN before Trump took office. Where does the deep state come in? And I'll give you a couple of names here who were involved in this, right? You had Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for International Organization Affairs, Nerissa Cook, who was absolutely critical to allowing the CHICOMs to take over during the Obama administration. You had Assistant Secretary of State for International Organization Affairs during the Obama administration, Bathsheba Croker. And she was actually openly saying, hey, isn't this great that uh, communist China, she said, we were particularly pleased that China was taking more responsibility in the UN. But somehow this is all Trump's fault, right? Uh, incredible stuff going on with China and the UN. Now, how does this all tie into the deep state? The subversive deep state in the United States was actually responsible for selling China out to the communists in the first place, right? Members of the Council on Foreign Relations were promoting the idea that our ally, Chiang Kai-shek, who helped us win World War II, was a bad guy, and they actually put an arms embargo on him. People like George Marshall, who served as Secretary of State and Secretary of, of War, they actually put an arms embargo on Chiang Kai-shek, who was our ally and helped us win in World War II against the Japanese, so that the Mao, Chairman Mao, and his colleagues could take over China. They uh, invited the Soviet Union to join the war against China right before dropping the nuclear bomb so that the Soviet Union wouldn't have to do anything, but they would be considered one of the victors and they would get the spoils, right? So they went in and they took all the Japanese supplies that were stored in Manchuria, the weapons, the ammunition, the food. They gave it to Chairman Mao and his mass murdering thugs so that they could go take over China. And at every step of the way, the deep state has been helping the communist Chinese build up their power and prestige. You had David Rockefeller went over there in the early 1970s and uh, he said that the social experiment under Chairman Mao was one of the most important and successful in human history. So, oh, whatever the price of the uh, you know Cultural Revolution, hey, it's working great. They've, they've got unity of purpose and administration, and isn't that wonderful? Yeah, they only killed 80 million people. Yeah, but yeah, it's wonderful, right? The most important social experiment in human history. Uh, just in recent years, uh, you know, George Soros was saying communist China needs to own the new world order. Maybe we can roll that clip. To bring China into the creation of a new 
world order. Communist China should own the new world order. They have a better functioning government than the United States, according to Nazi collaborator George Soros. And uh, and this continues to this day, right? The, the Council on Foreign Relations even admitted recently in its publication that the U.S. government really built up communist China. Trump has kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, the World Trade Organization rigged the global economy so that all the productive capacity of the Western world would go over to China. And they're spying on everything. And so what is the role of communist China in the new world order? Well, for one, it's, it's kind of like a model. The, the same totalitarian policies that are being used in China are now being implemented around the world. China it will soon be the largest economy in the world. It already has all our military secrets. Thank you, Bill Clinton. China Gate. There is coming a time soon where communist China will really be running the show in cooperation with the Western globalists, the deep state. And that is very bad news for freedom, folks. So, you know, we need to be very clear. Trump has done the right thing when it comes to calling out China, when it has come to withdrawing from these UN agencies that are under Chinese control. But we need to go a whole lot further. We need to expose what they've done. We need to get their agents out of the United States. We need to stop their spying against our companies, against our military, their espionage on our universities. We need to quit shipping our productive capacity over there. And so Trump is the first president in my lifetime who's been serious about this, but uh, he can't do it alone. And folks, if you don't want to live like the communist Chinese live, you have got to get involved in this fight. All right, now we're going to get into the category of Trump. Trump had one of his post tweets, whatever you want to call it. He had it actually deleted by big tech off the Internet. Well, it uh, he it's it's when he was on Fox News, he was talking about how children are almost immune to the so-called COVID nineteen, which is a fact, and especially based on actual statistics. Well, Facebook, Twitter, Google, you name it, these are globalist communists, and they just deleted them off of there, just took them off, boom, everywhere. Get ready for it. This is how it's going to be. No matter what he says, they are going to call it a lie. They are going to call it misinformation. So as long as the communists lie, like Biden and all of his his, uh, surrogates, as long as they lie, that's okay. Because they're doing it for the greater good. But if Trump says something that doesn't agree with their whole whole, uh, attempt at control, then they're going to claim that it's, it's a misinformation and they're going to take it off. And there's nothing he can do about it. And so far, they proved Trump is. They've proved that Trump is not going to be able to do anything to them because they're entitled. You see, they they rule so much of the world and control so much of the, of the uh, world that that they can literally decide who's going to be the next president of the United States. There's an organization called the Tennessee Valley Authority. It was created during the Depression to put people to work, and this is another one of these agencies that the U.S. government puts together and then hires people and and they don't pay attention to it, what's going on. Well, Monday, Trump fired the chairman of the Tennessee Valley Authority. Apparently, they decided, this guy on his own decided that that uh, 20% of all of the people that worked for this agency were going to be imports. They were going to be foreigners because, well, he could hire them cheaper than, than uh, normal, than Americans. So when you go to work for the Tennessee Valley Authority, you had to sign a contract that said you were going to train your replacement. doesn't say you're going to train some guy we're bringing in from India. just says your replacement. So this guy's working there, right? And, and some, some guy comes from India and he barely speaks English. And your manager brings him up to you and says, all right, this is going to be your replacement. I want you to train him. Knowing you're going to get fired as soon as you're done training him. Trump fired him. 
and ordered the Tennessee Valley Authority to no longer, no longer hire people from uh, other countries, but to hire only Americans. Now, the uh, communists are twisting that around, meanies, racist, or some such crap. The Biden campaign announced that it is spending the highest amount ever in a presidential campaign to help their their selectee become president. $220 million are being set aside for commercials on TV and radio. Another $60 million are being budgeted for uh, social media gaming platforms. See, if you ever play these games online, video games online, you know, you, you're in the middle of, of fighting a bunch of weird, strange warriors with your, your zapper gun, and all of a sudden the screen goes blank and a, and a little white screen comes up and says, you need to vote for Joe Biden because he can give you more stuff than Trump will. And then you go back to your, your, your warfare, your virtual warfare, see. $280 million. I guarantee you they're going to spend twice that. I guarantee you they're going to spend twice that. But you never know because Biden just got, uh, got some great support thrown behind him. This is the Communist Party USA has decided that they're going to support Biden. Well, considering that Democrats are communists and everything the Democrats do shows up on the front page of Communist Party USA saying this is what America wants. America wants communism. Oh, and all of this mail-in balloting stuff? I think this is funny, and I just saw this. It just popped up. Over 223 mail-in ballots bounced as undeliverable. That means they couldn't be delivered. Now, this was in Clark County, Nevada, where they intend to do universal mail-in balloting. And this is what the Democrats want to do. And the Democrats have done this kind of stuff for 100 years. The Democrat Party is the party of fraud. They do what's known as uh, ballot harvesting. So let's say there is an old folks home with 100 people living in it. And they, and one time or another, all of these people were, were registered voters. So they send automatically, without anybody asking for one, ballots to these 100 people. 65 of those people have died. So what, is, what does a good Democrat do? Grabs those ballots, because they're already stamped with somebody's name, who seems to be a registered voter. They grab the ballots, and when the time comes, they fill them out for the Democrats and mail them back off. This is called ballot harvesting. And this is what Trump was talking about. 225,000 of these ballots bounce back because the addresses were incorrect or outdated. And what the Democrats do, they find these ballots and they collect them. My uncle worked for the post office in Redwood City for 35 years. And one of his, one of the people that he worked with him was a Puerto Rican guy. And this Puerto Rican guy collected all of the mail, of the mail-in ballots, all of the ballots that were mailed out to people because California has been doing it for a long time. If they were wrong address or whatever, he'd collect them. He didn't. He didn't hide that fact because it was just going to be junk mail. It was going to be thrown away. So he would collect them. And when it came time to vote, he'd fill them out for the Democrat Party. And when my uncle turned him in, they said, "Well, that's not hurting anybody." This is why Trump does not want mail-in ballots. Now, here's something, and this is again another one of those when you see something wrong, stand up and say it's wrong. So this guy has a pizza parlor in St. James, New York. July 24th, this, this uh, Karen walks in. Now, you're not, now, Karen on the internet is a nickname for one of these social justice female warriors in, who basically is nothing more than a bitch. And the majority of them are white. 
So Karen goes into uh, the pizza parlor. Now, back on the wall is an American flag. Oh, well, let me rephrase that. There is an American flag there, but next to it is a Trump 2020 flag. Okay? She takes umbrage at that. How dare you? How dare you say anything about that evil orange man? So what does she do? She goes on Facebook and Twitter and she says, let's close this guy down. Let's shut him up. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, chase him out of town. Let's boycott patio pizza. And that's what they mean, boycott? Boycott? They mean attack. They will have the scum come in and yell at the customers. So guess what happened? People started coming to his pizza parlor from all around New York. They said, the hell with you. If there's a problem, we're going to stand right in front of it. So they're coming in from Queens. They're, 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 all, they're all over. New York and, and Long Island. And, and I mean, they're calling all through. They're all of the Newark area and everybody on Facebook and Twitter and all the rest of that social crap. It just blew her out of the water. And this has happened before. This happened up here. In uh, Actually, it happened in Washington, believe it or not, Spokane. Somebody had a coffee a coffee place, that uh, little coffee hut. But it was, it was part of a, a string of coffee huts. And this was the one that the owner ran. He sells Trump flags. So he's got them all around the, around the thing. And a bunch of people didn't like that and uh, went on Facebook and said, we need to, we need to uh, picket him and we need to put him out of business and, and this and that. You know, the standard, the standard communist horse crap. The next thing you know, this guy sold out of flags. And people are lined up for blocks to get coffee from him. Yeah, if something's wrong, stand up and say it's wrong. And that's the problem, and that is how communism works in all countries. People become complacent. Yeah, it's easy to become complacent when the first thing you did was fall for a uh, pandemic, a phony disease that is nothing more than a, a bad flu that is killing people, but so is the flu. You notice now the deaths from influenza have almost dropped to nothing, and the deaths from cancer have almost dropped to nothing, and the deaths from cardiac arrests have almost dropped to nothing. In fact, in some parts of the United States, the deaths from gunshots, suicides, drowning, automobile accidents have dropped to almost nothing. Instead, if you want to find out, you can go do a study on statistics of how many people normally die in a uh, uh, six-month period in the United States. Just take the number and then go look how many people have died since January in the United States. Those two numbers are going to be almost the same. And that's exactly what's happening. You know, I, I hate to say it, but we've been had, and we're going to continue to be had as long as we allow it to happen. Gentleman came in the store today. is very intelligent. We were talking about this, about all of this. And he's intelligent, but he doesn't have a lot of knowledge on history, and I do. And we were talking about how this could be, how we could get to this position in, in uh, space and time to where people will fall for anything. And we were talking about buttons, and I mentioned this in the show. And that there are major studies out there to determine what buttons people can push to have other people perform certain tasks. And this came from a Jewish gentleman named Pavlov, where he would ring a bell and dogs would salivate. There's a long story behind that, but that was a button. This is a thing that can control people. And you convince people that their lives are being threatened and that you're going to die if you don't filter the air you're breathing. Not that most viruses enter your body through your eyes, the mucous membrane. No, they don't want to say that because that's not part of their narrative. Their narrative is that you must be afraid. 
You must be afraid of everyone around you. I walked into a store the other day, and a guy, and a clerk walked stepped back from me. He has a mask on. I don't wear a mask. And I looked at him and said, are you afraid of me? And he goes, no, no, I'm not afraid of you. I said, well, why are you backing away from me? Anyway, it, it, he just didn't get it. But stimulus response mechanism is what it is. And it's usually done to animals or to people of low IQ. But in this day and age, common sense is a superpower because it's so rare. So in the United States, as in most parts of the world, having common sense has been eradicated because socialism has taken over the majority of Earth, where the government takes care of you and pays you money, helps you with housing, gives you drugs if you're a druggie, gives you a job if you want a job. Now, you might think all of these are exaggerations. They're not. So when the government says, you know, in exchange for all of this that we're giving you, we want you to wear a mask. We want you to be afraid of everyone around you. I had the the uh, need to go to the hospital. And, and uh, I talked to a friend of mine who had just gone to the ER. Now, this is in North Idaho. This is in part of the country where the county had the health department decided it was so bad here that they mandated everyone wear a mask. They mandated this. Now, it's not a law, so everyone laughed at them, but they mandated this, right? There was nobody in the ER. There was nobody in intensive care except two people who had had heart attacks. The hospital was overstaffed, yet these communist frauds were trying to convince all the citizens that it was so bad here that everyone needs to wear a mask. It's not bad enough. They're attacking every facet of our society. Economically, philosophically, socially, medically, the economy is going to crash. I'm sorry to say that because it didn't crash. If it had crashed, now when I say crashed, I mean everybody out of work, period. No income. Nobody walking in stores. Everybody's so afraid to go into a store. Everybody's so afraid to leave their house. The government and the powers that be want you to make a phone call. Say, hey, uh, Safeway, send me a bag of groceries. And you're going to install a box outside your front door that has a lock on it. Or a combination. And the delivery boy would come and open that box and set your groceries in it and close and lock the box. And then when he's gone, you come outside and you spray the box down with Hexon or Clorox or some some other disinfectant. And then you wait 30 minutes. Then you open the box and take your groceries. That's what they want. They want you buying everything online. They want you using credit cards or debit cards. And they want you afraid of everyone around you. Do not be afraid. Don't be stupid either. You know? Don't go have a house party with 200 people, half of which you don't even know who they are. The thing that we've always done, my family, wash our hands, wash our faces, cover our sneezes, cover our coughs, this standard natural stuff. But the deep state realized any disease can pass in the United States now because Americanism has been diluted to such a degree that half the people, two-thirds of the people in the United States have no concept of hygiene. If they were never taught hygiene, they're not going to have it. They don't have an understanding of it. You know, you and I, I've covered this before. Mexicans, Central America, South America, they might wash their hands once a day. Muslims, they wipe themselves with their left hand and water, right? So, obviously, they don't need to worry about toilet paper. But then again, you're never going to get that left hand perfectly clean. And these are the people who are handling our slaughterhouses and handling picking fruit and vegetables. 
And this is why, you know, I, I get I get briefings all day long from the Department of Homeland Security and all all uh, subjective uh, agencies, including the FTA, uh, the FDA, the Agricultural Department, and I see all all of these these recalls. I see all these recalls. I see all these warning letters. I see all of the stuff that's that's happening in the United States. Our food supply is becoming toxic. Never mind the GMOs. I'm talking. It's dangerous because of what's been handling our foods, our food, and it's not going to get any better. Just for your own safety, never eat fruit, never eat vegetables until you've washed them. There's different ways to do it. You know what? Go online, go on YouTube, talk, call your mother, ask her, Mom, how do I wash fruits and vegetables? Cook your meat. Never have rare meat. If you handle chicken, if you handle, like I'm, I'm cu- cutting up chicken. Well, what do we do? We go out and we, we wait until it's on sale. And we buy boneless, skinless chicken breasts. We slice off all the f- excess fat, wrap them in cellophane, put them in the freezer till they freeze, and then take them out and vacuum pack them. Put them in the deep freezer, and they're good five years. While I'm handling the chicken, I'm touching nothing else. I have, I have three things I touch. The cutting board, the knife, and the chicken. That's it. And when I'm done with that, the cutting board and knife go in the sink, Hot water is turned on and I scrub my hand, cutting board, and the knife with hot soapy water because of possible salmonella. Same thing with beef. And anytime we handle anything that I didn't raise or slaughter myself, I treat it suspect and I clean everything to keep myself healthy. This has been going, my family's done this for hundreds of years. Even when we go camping, I remember as a kid, when we go, cam- when we go camping, we lived up in the mountains for a while. Every day, and no running water except the creek right down the, down the road a little bit. Every day when we got done with food, at the end of the day, my sister and I would carry a, a wash basket, a wash bag, wash tub, and we'd carry that down to the creek, and we would literally wash all the dishes and the cast iron frying pans with sand. We didn't have soap for that. We just used clean sand. Scrubbed everything down, spick and span, rinse it off. So we've been doing that for, for so long it's ridiculous, and then and I'm sure your family has too. And there's a lot of people out there who have forgot this concept. There are people in that I know very well that eat dinner out there watching TV and then set the plate down and it stays there for two or three days. Or when they clean a room, they push all the crap under the bed or in the closet. And then spiders move in, ants move in, and they start housekeeping. This is real. I know you know people like this. They are When they work, they work hard. But it seems they're very sloven. You can't call them lazy because they work hard. But they don't have their priorities in order. And this is the problem in the United States, is we don't have our priorities in order. Our priorities should be family. And then the priority should be knowledge. Find out the truth. What is real and what isn't. Your parents should have taught you that. But unfortunately, we've lost half a dozen, half a dozen generations who have not been taught common sense, who have not been taught prioritize. When you have a fire in your kitchen, is not the time to change the channel on the TV. When you have a car that barely limps down the road and knocks, is not the time for you to get another tattoo. You see, and I can go on and on with these examples. We, to survive as a race, have to learn common sense and how to prioritize things, which in real life are the same. Common sense is the ability to, to understand the environment around you and to extrapolate using the knowledge that you accumulated your whole life to evaluate 
how you should act in a circumstance. People don't because they're entitled. They believe that everything's for them, nothing can hurt them, and if it does, there'll be somebody out there to pick them up after they've fallen on their face. I've been picked up when I fell on my face, but then I get talked to, I cry on someone's shoulder, I get everything explained to me what went wrong, and then I get a number 10 boot in my butt if I don't straighten up. And that's where the problem is, is that nobody is suffering repercussions from their actions. Anyway, I'm sure we'll have more of this at a later date. So, se1.us, Samuel Edwards, numeral 1, se1.us, 310-295-9686, 310-295-9686. Give us a holler, go to the website, find something that you can use. Oregano oil is back in stock for a short time. We've already sold, in a week, we've sold uh, over 70 one-ounce bottles. People just, you know, it comes in and goes out so fast, it's ridiculous. And I don't know when my next order is going to come. So if you have any questions, if you need any help, give me a call. My email address is at the bottom of armchairsurvivalist.com. Go in there and listen to the show. Visit the chat room. Talk to people. Get the apps. The, the podcast apps, whatever they whatever they call them. Oh, a friend of mine calls me up and he goes, Hey, you know, I found you on my Alexa. He said, just for the hell of it, I said, Alexa, play the armchair survivalist. And Alexa said, what date? <laughs> I, haven't see, I haven't seen that yet, so that's kind of cool. But anyway, uh, this is the armchair survivalist signing off. Keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. And I'll see you next time.